0: Michelle Constant on SAFM. Thought leaders, storytellers, and griots sharing personal highlights on stories of the week.
1: Thought leaders, storytellers, and griots. So there was an article that came out which spoke to uh, the concept of smart cities. And uh, there's this idea that we have to go out and build a smart city, but actually, what do we have to do to make a city smart that is already there without building it in the first place? On the line, we have Thijs van den Brink, Advisory Group Director of Digital Services and Smart Asset Management at Royal Haskonen DHV. Thijs, uh, heel bedankt. It's is goed om met jou te prate. Ah, that's amazing. Good morning, Michelle. And good morning to your <laughs> listeners as well. Tejs, you wrote an interesting article which uh, refocuses the idea on making a city smart as opposed to building a smart city. Let's start with the idea of what actually is a smart city.
0: Of course, I think um, generally speaking, a a smart city is a city that uses technology and and information technology to solve its problems and challenges. You can use a range of methods and to collect data about what's actually happening in the city, and very often we don't know how our cities are actually being used. And in-time gains from that allow for for faster and better decision-making to improve service delivery and the quality of life of cities
1: there's an assumption and I stand to be um, corrected that a smart sim- city is simply one that is focused into uh, technology and having technology having uh, free Wi-Fi etc is that correct
0: I think that when you when you look 10 20 years ago when the concept first came up in in a, in a wider range of topics it was very much true it was very much about the technology and fancy technology looking for a catchy problem to solve. And yeah. when you see what's happening now with the technology and how we use it to solve real problems, an interesting example would, for example, be at the the peak of the drought crisis in Cape Town when we we saw the introduction of the Count Dropula smart water meter, which helped schools save more than half a billion liter of water yeah. over 17 months.
1: Yeah.
0: And once you start connecting multiple of these initiatives, you can start... Speaking about
1: the smart city, you know this—the story of the one with the schools. I was reading about that, and and I think what struck me about it was this idea that everything is about getting people to understand. So if you get a student to understand something, then their actions and their activities will change. And I suppose it's about saying. How do you get people to change, and more importantly, go to the the core of it? How do you provide them with the information so that they can change?
0: Yeah, exactly. And and if you take it one step further, it wouldn't even be up to the people to change anymore; it would be up to the system to correct itself. Um, something that we're working on at the moment um, is a traffic management optimization. in which uh, traditionally you just have the traffic lights and the traffic lights, they are maybe connected to a loop or a sensor in the road but they're largely pre-programmed. If we could connect all the traffic lights to each other and combine that with, say, data from the car's GPS and weather data, we could make the whole system smarter. And if it gets busy on one road, you could flow the whole flow of traffic through and reduce congestion and, and air pollution on our roads as well.
1: So, so, Tess, do we have examples of um, smart projects, smart urban developments uh, currently in South Africa, in Johannesburg? You've mentioned the Cape Town project, etc. I think
0: there are there's a range of initiatives. There's some of them um, are shelved, like the the Model Fontaine Smart City by the Chinese developer, Houteng Eastern. and of course, you have the. Lanseria Smart City, which was uh, mentioned again by uh, President Ramaphosa in the Sona at the beginning of the year. But yeah. I think the, the main point is, is that it's not to think about smart, city, the smart cities in terms of these flagship initiatives, but it is to think about how we can reimagine our current city, and how we can make improvements in our current city.
1: Yeah. So how does one do that? What are some of the steps that we start to make the improvements? I mean, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, it seems insane to be saying, okay, we're going to build a whole new city. Uh, Let's try and simplify that down to taking steps within the cities that we have. What would those steps be?
0: I think that there are three, three crucial steps here. Um, It starts with gathering data, gathering information about what is going on in the city and what the implications are of what is going on in the city Yeah. so that we can start making these decisions faster. And this doesn't always have to mean that we need to install a whole range of new sensors, I think. Something that we're working on in Singapore at the moment is actually using CCTV feeds, so camera feeds on, on, on the streets, and we combine it with an algorithm Yeah. to turn them into smart water meters so we know exactly where in the city how much rain is falling, which will then be used to either avert traffic from flooded roads or to inform, say, taxis or Uber drivers where to go. So the first sure. step would be to get a data. Yeah. Second step, once you have the data, you have to experiment rapidly with all kinds of initiatives. And typically, also in South Africa, the, the smaller startups are very well equipped to develop all kinds of experiments to see how we can use that data to make things more efficient. I think the, the Count Rapida example really shows what small initiatives can do and how big the impact can be. To achieve that, I think the the third step would be to to partner broadly. We need to bring partners from from public, private and and academia together, not just to come up with creative tools, but also to come up with creative ideas, how to use that data. And I think this is particularly important in South Africa, where we we see that now, just after the first peak of the pandemic, but we we haven't seen the end yet, Um, the government is more and more constrained when it comes to the budget that they have. Many of these smart city initiatives, like the Water Saving Month, for example, have a a positive business case, as we say. So there's a return on investment, which allows us to bring the private sector in to to finance some of these initiatives and uh, and make more progress.
1: So, Teis, you know, you've raised an interesting issue, you say, particularly in a case like South Africa. So if we look at a country like South Africa, where our PRU is so extreme, so we're talking about poverty, Uh, inequality, particularly, and unemployment. With regards to that inequality, how does one address um, a smart city differently?
0: I think it comes to improving the the quality of service delivery. Um, Smart city is all about trying to do more with less. And if you can do more with less in the cities that you have at the moment, it means you free up certain parts of your budget to then give the people who don't have anything yet the basic infrastructure that they so
1: desperately need. Yeah. Okay, you talk about uh, as well, you said smaller startups have uh, the agility to really engage in these partnerships. And also I suppose the, the, the rapid experimentation, you know, rapid experimentation, uh, iterate, iterate, iterate. Um, how can they get even more involved? I mean, we're looking, I suppose, at um, social entrepreneurship in many ways.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a combination of of social entrepreneurship and incubation. I think. Yeah. We see uh, a wonderful startup initiatives when you look at, for example, Johannesburg's Chimelong precinct or yeah. our, our Ecorelany's yeah. drone accelerator program, which certain types of startups are helped to to bring to fruition. And, and after that, I think it's very much the, the bigger consultants like, like ourselves who can help them with uh, with global reach and implement the technology, further to the things that we develop ourselves, of course.
1: Teysa, the Chimolochong precinct is the most wonderful precinct. Does it give you hope that we are going to be able to continue to grow and strengthen our cities, even under the case of COVID where things are so tough and financially tough as well?
0: Very much so. I think the the opportunities are so fast, Michelle. There's so much that we can do to improve our cities, to, to do more with the infrastructure that we have, to optimize how it's being used. I think uh, the, the ideas are Endless within South Africa, just about getting uh, the right people around the table and uh, get them to work on it.
1: Fantastic. Tays van den Ber- Brink, Advisory Group Director of Digital Services and Smart Asset Ma- Management at Royal House DHV, talking about the idea of a smart city. So we're not looking at saying, let's go and build a whole bunch of new cities. We're saying, let's look at the cities we have and see how we can rethink, re-engage, reimagine uh, that particular smace- space. And I love this idea of the smallest startups being uh, the, the 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 you know the little plants that are growing through the roots that can start to make and shift the difference it's 10 to 8